blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Word of God for our special attention this morning is the second two verses of our second reading, 1 John 3, 2 and 3. Dear friends, we are children of God now, but what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when He is revealed, we will be like Him, and we will see Him as He really is. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Dear fellow saints of God, what do you look forward to most about your future existence in heaven? I imagine that most Christians, when they are young and healthy, think about the beauty of a perfect world free of stains like corruption, hatred, violence, and waste. But as we age, I would guess that many more of us start focusing more and more on the things that we have lost along with our youth, if we ever had them. We look forward to joints that don't ache, to eyes that focus without straining, to heads full of all the hair that we once had, to bodies free of every scar and blemish. We, we long to be free of pain and to be able to run and dance and laugh and play and everything as perfect people with perfect bodies. Of course, many of us are also looking forward to heaven's reunions, seeing again our dear departed loved ones Fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, siblings and children, uh, close friends and, and favorite teachers. We do not know exactly what our existence will be like once we enter eternal life, but we love to think about how the kingdom of heaven includes those special people and that we will be with them forever, even as we're all together with Jesus forever. It's also one of the reasons why we work and pray so hard that the people we love live and actually die trusting in Christ for salvation. We want to spend eternity with them. None of this is to say, of course, that that we cannot have happiness or, or joy while we still live on earth. And in fact, the, the company of family and friends and brothers and sisters in Christ is a great gift of God that brings us comfort and peace and gladness of all sorts. And obviously, the Lord has His purposes in keeping us here, living these lives, and, and not just taking us immediately to uh, His glorious presence. And those purposes have everything to do with what is best for us and best for the other people in our lives. We are, as John said in our reading today, children of God now. But what we will be has not yet been revealed. Why is that? Well, the easy part of the answer is that the Holy Spirit did not see fit to give us a highly detailed description of our future existence in the pages of the Bible. And we can be certain that that was the right and wisest choice on his part. 
But John also helps us understand the less easy reason why what we will be has not yet been revealed. It's the same reason why we cannot see Jesus as he really is right now. We are still in these bodies, corrupted by sin, still hampered by a sinful nature, and still living in this sinful world. Imagine trying to watch a a nighttime soccer game through a filthy plate glass window while wearing sunglasses. No matter how hard you strain, and for that matter, no matter how well you clean those glasses, you will never do better than getting a vague idea of what's happening on the other side. It's not until you are on the other side yourself, without anything to impede, color, or obstruct your view, that you will get the whole picture. So much of what we think we know about life in heaven is just our our vague grasping at things beyond us on the other side. And while studying Scripture will help us a lot with some things, mostly we're limited to the the negatives, the, the things that we can say for sure will not disturb or taint our eternities and are not troubling our loved ones who are already there. We will never have to wonder, for instance, where our next meal or drink is coming from. The saints never hunger or thirst. We will never be exposed to unfriendly elements or forced to go where we do not want to be. The saints never have the sun or scorching heat beat upon them, and the Lamb of God will be their shepherd, leading them to springs of living water. We will never have anything that saddens us or disturbs the bliss that we have inherited because Jesus died for us. God wipes away every tear from the eyes of the saints. And those negatives are really more than enough for us to know about our existence in eternity. But here John has given us something more something positive and objective that we can hold on to and be comforted by, even though we can barely scratch the surface of what it will mean for us. He tells us that we will be like Jesus. We will be like Jesus. Not not the suffering servant who endured so much while he was here on earth, but like the exalted Savior whose body was raised in glory to perfection and eternal life. And that matters. Because in the here and now, whether we are young or old, rich or poor, privileged or oppressed, healthy or sick, the truth is that our lives are full of imperfections that weigh us down. Our bodies are imperfect. Even our hearts and minds are imperfect. Our genetic code has errors and gets more as the years go by. The world we live in gives us irritants, infections, and injuries that do damage. Our hearts and psyches are are wounded by other people's words and actions, and, and it all adds up. 
And if this imperfection weren't bad enough on its own, it's also a source of endless frustration for us because it means that things never quite go right for us. And our days are filled with things about us and about other people and about our environment that are just not what they should be. And so this leads to even more unpleasantness and and worse, to anger, impatience, resentment, depression, guilt, pain. Leads to these things for all people, but, but perhaps especially for believers. Because believers know better what better actually looks like. And believers look forward to the better that should be and will be. But it's important to remember what the cause of all this imperfection, pain, and trouble is. We can blame our parents, our first parents, Adam and Eve. When they sinned in the Garden of Eden, they did not just make a mistake. They brought corruption into the world and especially cursed themselves and all their descendants with the unrelenting, ever-degrading curse of death. You see, when they were told, and we are told by God, that the price of sin is death, That's not just talking about everyone having some kind of expiration date. It means that from the moment we come to life in our mother's wombs, that taint of sin and the polluting imperfection of death are with us and part of us. It's why we have both unhappiness and illness. It's why cancer afflicts the young as well as the old. And it's why little children can find it so natural to be mean to other little children. That's why even the people with the best hearts do bad things. And why even when we have the best of intentions, we still do what's against God's will, still do what hurts others, still do what hurts ourselves, and still do what is simply evil. Sin destroyed the perfection that God intended for each and every one of us. And death is what comes naturally to the imperfect. But we can thank God and praise Him, and we will do so eternally. Thank Him that in His love and His wisdom, He determined to let death come unnaturally to the perfect, to let it come to His one and only Son, to the absolutely innocent Jesus Christ, as the Lamb of God surrendered Himself to undeserved suffering and death on the cross for sinners. As the great hymn says, a lamb goes uncomplaining forth, our guilt and evil bearing, and laden with the sins of earth, none else the burden sharing, goes patient on grows weak and faint, to slaughter led without complaint, that spotless life to offer, bears shame and stripes and wounds and death, anguish and mockery, and says, willing all this, I suffer. Why, 
Why was the sinless Son of God willing to suffer for sinners? Because He didn't want us to die. He wanted His perfection to be ours so that we could live with Him in paradise. It mattered to Him more than anything. He was willing to give up everything, even His life, and willing to suffer the worst pains of body and soul to pay the price of all the world's sins so that no one would have to pay that price, death and hell, him or herself. And so the Lamb of God was slain for sinners. And now all sinners who abandon their futile efforts to to undo death, to negate guilt, to, to do enough good to gain God's seal of approval and a seat in heaven, and who instead put their trust in the crucified and risen Christ, well, all such people, all sinners who believe, can be confident. They will be the ones to come out of the great tribulation that is life as imperfect people in an imperfect world. There, your Every sin will be forgiven and every blemish on every soul removed. They will be robed in a righteousness that was earned by Jesus and and given to them at the cross. They will be made pure and, and washed whiter than white in the blood of the Lamb through faith in Christ. Because of what He did, you will be perfect. You will be like Him and you will see Him as He really is. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. And what we hope for now as children of God who do not yet know entirely what we will be the saints who have preceded us to heaven are now enjoying. They are blessed beyond every earthly imagining of blessing. And the greatest thing of all is that they get to spend every moment of everlasting bliss in the presence of the Lamb who is their shepherd. The very one who gave up everything to save them is the one that they are with, loving and being loved, living in perfect fellowship with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and with all the other saints and the holy angels. So maybe now, think of the people who matter to you who are now in heaven or perhaps will soon be there. It's pretty easy for us to to think of some aspect of perfection that we are looking forward to for ourselves, an end to arthritis or allergies, a better memory, or no longer being troubled by bad memories or whatever. But let's not be centered on ourselves this All Saints Day. Think of the loved one who has died in the Lord whom you have lost most recently, or whom you miss the most, 
And think of what aspect of their present eternal perfection would have meant the most to them before they reached it. Last Monday, one of my most beloved professors, Daniel Deutschlander, died from COVID-19. He'd had COPD and other health problems for, for quite a while, but anyone who knew him or even read his books knows that he is now joyful beyond measure. It's not just that now he can breathe and move without trouble. It's that he has received what he has always longed for and has gained what he always knew he was missing. He is with Jesus, his Savior. And the Friday before last, a woman who was like a mother to me when I lived in St. Louis after college, she also passed away from a cancer that got into her and took control before they even knew she had it. But she actually welcomed death when it came because it was her chance to finally be with her Lord and to finally be perfected. For six long years, she had been suffering from the effects of a stroke that had completely paralyzed her left side and confined her to a wheelchair. Now, most all of you have similar stories of people that have mattered to you. Some are loved ones you lost recently. Others are people who passed away decades ago whose loss still hurts. But whoever they are, whenever they died, if they died believing in Jesus, we know that they are with Him. And we know that they have been perfected eternally. They have no more pain, no more worries, no more struggles, no more wounds or warts or weakness. Them having that and being that mattered enough to God that He sent His Son to the cross to give it to them. And it matters to you and to me because we loved them and because we want them to have that eternal perfection. After all, that is what they were promised and what we look forward to. We will be like our Lord and nothing will ever disturb our bliss as the saints of God. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself just as Jesus is pure. Alleluia. Amen. Please rise. May the Lamb at the center of God's throne be your shepherd and lead you to springs of living water. And may God wipe away every tear from your eyes. Amen.